0: Here's your host, Alex Garrett.
1: I'm Alex Garrett, and with me today on Alex Garrett Podcasting is someone um, that coaches a sport that's really home to me because, you know, growing up at the Henry Viscardi School and Joe Salonica and wheelchair basketball, to see CUNY Athletics, the City University of New York Athletics Department, branch out into adaptive sports like this, means the world as a CUNY alum, as a Queens College alum, and the coach of the wheelchair basketball team for CUNY, team CUNY, Ryan Martin, men's and women's wheelchair basketball is with me now. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for joining me.
0: Oh, no, thank you for having me. This is a pleasure.
1: So uh, last week, I got to call actually the Sunday game against uh, Edinburgh, the men's wheelchair basketball team, but I've seen the women as well, and they're both, you know, fiery squads, and it's, it's exciting to see. So first of all, um, tell us your story is how you became part of the wheelchair basketball world and and became coach for CUNY.
0: Uh, yeah. So the older you get, the longer that journey becomes and the longer that story becomes. So I'll give you the abridged version. Um, so I had the fortune. I started playing wheelchair basketball when I was a teenager. Um, I went on to uh, play in college on a scholarship at uh, Southwest Minnesota state university. Um, and like wheelchair basketball has really been, uh, you know, an awesome vehicle for me in life as far as getting a chance to travel, getting my education and all of those things. And so, um, I ended up going to play professionally in Europe for several years. And so I played in Spain and France. Um, And when I came back to the U.S., I had already started my nonprofit, which was developing sports programs for youth with disabilities. I kind of got thrusted into the intercollegiate space and did some work with uh, the University of Connecticut and then the University of Michigan. And so um, when CUNY reached out and Dr. Rosa reached out, it it seemed like a really great opportunity just because the unique uh, amount of students with disabilities that CUNY has and the potential and a lot of at a lot of universities, the critical mass of students with disabilities isn't as profound as, as it is at CUNY, and so it was really interesting to me to be able to um, appro- approach a strategic plan sure. that allowed us to like work with such a such a, a dense population already.
1: Well, uh, and the, and by the way, Viscardi uh, alum Destiny Murray started this whole. Project with CUNY. Uh, you know, she's a leader on that women's wheelchair basketball team. So let's talk, start there. Uh, mm-hmm. Big, big, you know, big weekend for them at the CUNY Collegiate Invitational. Tell, tell us about the women's side first.
0: Yeah. So the the women's side, um, you know, destiny is a huge part. We call destiny Harlem, right? You know, destiny yep. brings a, a certain attitude to the game, but, you know, destiny is, is just, um, as a player, you know, in her first year playing collegiately as a proof, improving leaps and bounds. And, um, all of the women are really making great strides and, and I think their team chemistry, um, it has really been, um, has really been awesome. And as, as things get a little more challenging and, you know, we're adapting to this ever changing landscape in New York city, uh, they seem to be right there, really supporting each other. And, um, I've been really happy with the the chemistry that they've developed as a group.
1: And I know that this is a CUNY-wide thing, it's so not just Queens College. All of the boroughs are pretty much represented with these teams, are they not?
0: Yeah, so we have athletes from 13 of the different um, CUNY campuses. And so, yeah, the idea was to, you know, provide this opportunity to do as many different students. And I think, um, you know, as we build out the strategic plan to include more sports in um you know, impact more boroughs and more campuses. I think it'll be uh, something where you see, you know, students from all of our CUNY schools involved.
1: That would be great. But back to recap the women's uh, weekend from a couple of sure. weekends ago. I mean, I saw them in hosts against, the against the Rolling Liberty, and I, you know, they played them again that Saturday. Um, those two games alone, how are you feeling going into, you know, the upcomings against Illinois in that tournament and then against mm-hmm. Edinburgh? also in February.
0: Yeah. So, so I, I'm happy. I think we've made, uh, I think we've made a lot of strides, you know um, we're further along than where I thought we would be at this point in the season, but I also think there's um, some room for growth. I think uh, we need obviously some more depth on the roster. We've had some different injuries and, Um, different things like that, uh, that have kind of impacted kind of uh, our trajectory as, as a group. But I think we have a really tight knit group where everybody's kind of bought into their roles. And I, you know, in my experience playing, I think the teams that where everybody buys into their roles um, are better than the teams that are just uberly talented. Right. And everybody's kind of wants to be the, you know, the main player and all of those things like that. So I think it's, um, I think we're, I would like to see us be able to kind of diversify how we approach things from an offensive end. We, we rely a lot on Sierra and uh, Crystal to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, And so I'd like to see if we can kind of develop uh, a little more variety in our offensive attacks, but, uh, but you know, like I said, we're, we're getting there.
1: And I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know if you consider them tune-ups because rolling Liberty are really good. So what, what was your reaction to how they played them both times?
0: I thought it was really good. I mean, like, you know, I thought we adapted. I thought when the Liberty were really aggressive and physical, we were able to take care of that. I thought when they tried to get up and, you know, kind of press Sierra and try to keep Sierra out, you know, I thought destiny did a really great job of running some cross picks and freeing up Sierra in the open court. And I was really happy to see, you know, I, I think Kat has really improved and Jesse is kind of figuring it out each and every time they go out there. Um, we're getting, a, they're getting just that much better. And so it's, it's, uh, it's fun to watch from like where we started to like where we are now, just the, the overall like, you know, incremental growth.
1: All right, let's go to the men's uh, side because I mean, the men's team seems to be defined by Chris St. Remy right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you look at it from the outside, but how much of a team effort is this? I mean, you've got um, you've got guys on the boards, getting the rebounds for you, you know, for, for the team. I mean, tell us about the overall um, along with Sam Ramsey. I mean, it's a team effort there, not just him. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, Chris, Chris is an exceptional player, like a world-class world-class offensive player. Right. Um, And our, our team is really heavily relying on him to score the ball, but like, you know, we've got, We've got people setting him up, whether it's Errol and Roger getting him the ball in the post, you know, and we've got guys that are taking on a larger defensive burden. So Chris can focus more on the offensive side. So it's definitely um, a team game. But, you know, this past weekend, he really had it going from an offensive standpoint. And like one of the things that makes Chris a really special offensive player is he's got the kind of the ability to score at all three levels. He can shoot from the perimeter, mid-range. And you saw him do a considerable amount of work in the post where he just got inside. Um, And like when Chris is playing at his best, he's doing a little bit of everything.
1: Well, I got to say, Roger, you know, on the boards, the defensive boards were just one after the other. You guys had the rebounds one after the other fell
0: yeah. And, and I mean, I thought this was the first time our that our, our, our CUNY men's team has played against another, you know, collegiate program in Edinburgh university, you know, and Edinburgh is a well-coached team with, um, you know, coach Jim Glatch, a former USA coach and the director of high performance, um, for the NWBA. So like they're, they're a well-coached team, um, a very young team. And I thought we were able to take advantage on just, just overall execution and, um, and finding different things. And I mean, like, you know, we wrote the hot hand, but I, I would have to say that, like, you know, we had a lot of guys working for Chris, whether it was Dennis and Malky to get them into, you know, to get Chris into the spot. So as much as it, it you know, when I looked at the box for yeah, Chris, I think he had 41 on the game on Sunday that you were there. Um, there was a lot of other you know other people doing things you know on the floor to allow Chris to uh shine from an offensive standpoint but it's no surprise I think that when we play other collegiate teams like Alabama and Missouri and Texas they're going to try to take Chris away and we're going to need other guys to make some shots most notably probably Abdul you yeah. know I think Abdul's got a skill set where he can really um he can really hurt you in, in, in a lot of ways he's just a super talented player and if we did like you know, if we did combine testing of like, you know, speed, agility, all of those sort of things, like he would test off the charts for our program. Like he's just a really great athlete. And so, you know, the challenge that we have is trying to get some of those guys up to up to what's going to be expected of them against better teams.
1: I've got to talk about the fouling because I think in, in regular basketball, people honestly get tired of like, why are they fouling with like five seconds left and whatever? But, you know, with wheelchair basketball and all the crashing, you would think it would be often more often. Yet you guys are so disciplined. I think you only had a few fouls in that in that game alone. So is that something you teach the discipline of maybe even using the chair in gameplay like that?
0: I I, I thought the refs let us go a bit there. Um, okay. I, I so I thought that was kind of a. Uh, a looser called game if you will i thought there okay. was a lot of uh chair contact and different things like that on uh both sides um so i i think you know we 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 try to teach how to be really physical on the chair sure. you know and that's one of the areas where i think you know i think defensively we give up a lot of space you know, where I'd like us to take away some of that space because against more talented teams and more talented players, you know, space is a problem. So I, I think that's one of the focuses we've had since our games uh, with Edinburgh is to really just try to, you know, fine tune that defensive effort. And, you know, if you get beat, you get beat but to, to not give so much space on the offensive end.
1: Well, I gotta say, I, I remember calling a few and ones for you guys. So how do you get that aggressiveness and, and, and draw the foul. I mean, is there a technique to this or are they just going hard to the paint every time down?
0: I mean, I, I, our guys go, our guys go pretty hard um, at it. So I think it was, you know, and I think there was a lot of energy in the gym just from them being our first collegiate games, you know, this has been, you know, a program that was delayed for a couple of years based on, you know, the COVID protocols and all of that sort of stuff. So I think they were really eager um, you know, to play another collegiate program and to kind of see sure. where they're at.
1: Well, I gotta ask you because you know, when in, in Hostos in December, you played the Rolling Knicks and Steve Serio, the Paralympic captain. I mean, it was a big night, obviously. It was a tough night for you guys, but did you did you expect, are you happy the way they remounted? I guess is my first question. Secondly, were you happy with that performance because you know, it was a delayed start to begin with. So, anytime. Mm-hmm. You got on the floor in the last few months. I'm sure it's been, you know, a work in progress, no matter what.
0: Yeah. I think if you look at the season from a holistic standpoint, you just want to get better each time out. Right. And um, you know, we knew that playing the Knicks when you're playing against Pat and Steve is going to be going to be a really tough, um, a tough game with those two guys. Um, And I think it showed all our team, like where we need to be right? You know, a lot of times when you beat a team that might not be as talented as you, you know, you got to get complacent. And we played a couple of games before the Knicks where it was, we are I mean, whether we played well or not, we we're going to pull off the win. And so it was nice to get them reminded of like, Hey, no, this is what the sport's supposed to look like. This is the speed level that it's supposed to be. And, you know um, you take, you take small teachable moments from a game where you win like that, or you lose like that, you know, like, Hey, you know, there's not one thing you can do to adjust to a 40 point loss. Um, sure. but There are some incremental things that you can say, hey, this is an opportunity for growth for us as a team.
1: I got to ask you, because I know when they first started this in December, I mean, people were filing into, you know, Queens College. So what was that like the first exhibition to see fans come out? I know his family and whatnot, but to see that support, what what was that like?
0: yeah you know our our athletes really our student athletes were super eager to have fans, you know i mean like I think everybody wants to play in front of their family and friends and th- stuff like that and you know um i mean I think at first we were really just happy to be back on the court playing games and I think you know us this weekend we were able to have some you know people's family come i mean even like the, you know queens limited uh different things and understandably so with you know kind of the social climate we have with covid and on the campuses now, but i think you know, I think they're really proud of the program, you know, both the men's and women's side and, and proud of the work they've put in and the strides they've made. So I think, uh, you know, I, I can understand why they want people to come support them. And, you know, the the university as a whole has been really great, whether it's the students with disabilities or whether it's faculty or whether it's the, you know, the other athletes in some of the, you know, the able-bodied sports realms have, have been really supportive of it. So, Um, it'll be nice when we can get back into trying to fill the gym for you know for a Saturday or Sunday game but like that was a uh, that was a nice uh, step in that direction
1: all right so CUNY is a big you know college collegiate system that's adapted to you know wheelchair basketball but you're seeing it across the country I mean you're going to Illinois so what's it mean to see D1 programs even start picking this up now well, I,
0: I think you've seen, you know, I think you've seen a handful of, you know, blue blood programs like your Illinois, your Texases, that uh, your Wisconsin Whitewaters, uh, your Southwest that have been around for years. And then I think you're starting to see some emergence of new programs. Okay. Whether it's um, you know, down in the SEC part of the country, Missouri. Alabama. Alabama. I think the best way to explain it to somebody who doesn't have a lens on adaptive sports would be to suggest that like, it more operates like women's sports did pre-Title IX, where some some universities had it, some colleges had it, but there wasn't a formatted way. It wasn't as you know, funding wasn't guaranteed and all of that. So I think you see adaptive sports really kind of in that mold right now, like a pre-Title IX and really trying to find their footing on individual campuses. But you don't see any like macro level involvement from like the NCAA and you don't see a lot of campuses that, you know, truly embrace it. It's not a, um, you know, in in the world of college athletics, there's two worlds, like there's the revenue creating sports and the non-revenue creating sports you know, and um, I think that's part of the challenge, right, to convince a university that this is beyond a, um, you know, an inclusive effort, you know, I always said I don't know which rapper said it, but if it, if it makes dollars, it makes sense. I mean, higher ed is that way, like, you know, if, if you can find a a business model that shows a university that hey, this is a revenue generating opportunity, or even like a revenue neutral opportunity. I think you have a better level of
1: success. I wonder about the inclusivity because I feel like you know these these student athletes they don't see it as like an inspirational thing. They want to win, but to the outside world, you know, people with disabilities doing things is inspirational. Yet you guys are just smashing that stigma by winning and going hard. So maybe. Uh, I don't know. I think people need to come out and see this and say that, you know, this is more than just inspirational. This is for real. You know what I mean? That, that, that type of thing.
0: Yeah. I I think there's a lot of folks, I I mean, like sports is all inspirational, right? Whether you're, whatever the sport is, right. There's a component of like, wow, I can't do a 360 slam dunk. Right. Or I can't throw the javelin that far or whatever the sport is. Right. So a little bit of it is, but I, I think the the issue that we get into in the adaptive world space is kind of like that inspo porn, like where it's like, Oh my God, it's motivational because like, Oh, you threw up a shot and it hit the bottom of the net where like me from a competitive mindset is like, you airballed the shot. Like, exactly. you know, let's react accordingly. Um, and, and I think once people can frame it in the way that they frame sports in general, I think it's better off because I, I also think, you know, like sports is a great catalyst for societal change. You know, like when you look at, you know, Jackie Robinson, breaking the color barrier, you know, and and, and a lot of different like social climate changes that were impacted by sports. I think the Paralympic sports movement in general can change kind of the paradigm of what we anticipate for people with disabilities. Right. You know, and I always make the argument that if I can change your perspective on the Paralympic movement from a sporting modality, can I change how you view somebody with a disability in the same classroom, in the same office environment? And sure. and I think that is the the you know the long term um, benefits to you know Paralympic sports.
1: Well, uh, you talking about revenue for just a second, and mm-hmm. you know I noticed there were some live reads being done uh, sure. at the gym the other day. So how are you able to get people invest uh, companies invested in this? adaptive sport at such a you know it's almost like the birth of this of it for cuny because you haven't had a lot of games so how are you able to bring in people to invest early on and, and support the the program
0: i think there's a i think there is a i think there's a climate now for companies to get involved with sponsorship of the paralympic games right the paralympic games brings in revenue just like the olympic games so i think you see more companies that are inclusive minded and want to want to align their brand with, you know, adaptive sports or the Paralympic level sports. So I think it's, um, I don't, I don't want to say easy because generally speaking, fundraising and development work, isn't easy. It's labor it's time consuming, but I think you'll see the, um, that more companies, especially as we get ready to host the 28 Olympics in the U.S., you see companies such as like Nike and Citibank and all those type of companies, you know, really investing in that. And so I think that's a good thing. Um, but I mean, development is just like, you know, in fundraising, it's, it's just work. Like there there is no there is no way around it. It's networking. It's grassroots networking. It's, it's all of those
1: things that uh, you would imagine it to be. And it's your support from the commissioner. I mean, Zach is amazing, right? And so he's been part of this. Um, Matthew, the SID has been part of me. There, it's like a hands-on effort here. I I I could feel.
0: Yeah, no, I I mean I get kind of thrusted in the in the front of it, and you know, rightfully so. But there's a there's a ton of support from you know various parts of the CUNY community to support this and see this. I think. I think CUNY's taking this the right approach as like, Hey, this should be done. And so let's do it at a level commensurate to our other sports programs. A. And then I think B, I think they, they see this as something they should be proud that they have. Right. You know, like almost like a, uh, a badge of honor to have this program and support it accordingly.
1: Now I'm sure, you know, that Mount Key and Destiny, I mean, they were, they've been doing this since they were kids through the Viscardi system and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so for me to see it, from the gym at Viscardi to Queens College is like wow, a concept that I grew up with is now making it mainstream. That's very special. But the, I think the NWBA, which you just mentioned, is also working to make that mainstream. So you're four and O in the NWBA. I want to know, uh, you there, right? Yep. I want to know what that means to you to be four and and0 in basically your first season as head coach of Team CUNY.
0: Uh, just means a lot of work ahead. Um, you know, uh, I, I am proud of our our student athletes and, and the community that supports it, you know, the university at large from the chancellery on down. And I think uh, we've made great strides, but I also know the um, there's a long road to hoe. Um, so I think that, you know, I, I, I'm proud of our athletes for what they've been able to accomplish now, you know, and, and you know, all of them have done really well academically, right. Which is kind of the, you know, what I really stress to them is, you know, we need you to be a student athlete and you, you know, basketball is going to take you so far, but that degree, that CUNY degree from, you know, Queens college, Hunter, wherever it may be is going to be the um, the more important thing. So uh, I, you know, I think we've, we've done a great job in starting to build the culture. And, and on that the-
1: point, a three point fourteen GPA in fall. I mean, that's just hitting it home what you're, what you're bringing to the forefront here.
0: Yeah. And that's not me. Like that's, that's all our student athletes, right. So all the credit, all the credit in the world goes to them. Um, and so I think we've, we've, we've started the process of laying a foundation for something that can be successful long-term. Uh, and I look forward to seeing, you know, the levels that our, our student athletes can arrive at.
1: Now I believe there are scholarships in certain places for wheelchair basketball. Is there not?
0: Correct. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, obviously we're going to hopefully get there with CUNY, but do you think the NWBA is going to help you guys get to that point?
0: No, I mean, the NWBA is kind of a governing body. And okay. so it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be their role to um, to facilitate something like that. Um, I, I think the NWBA, is, I, I'm the vice president of the board of directors, right? So I like, okay. um, I I think the NWBA loves the idea of growth, especially in the collegiate division and more specifically the collegiate women's side. Um, so I think they are really supportive and happy to see the growth initiative, but like the the maturation and development of the program will be uh, more uh, centralized within CUNY.
1: But I think to me, the fact that there are places that do scholarships means that this is becoming a serious sport. I mean, from where it was a few years ago, at least.
0: Yeah, no, I would like to see, I would like to see more growth. I don't understand why more universities can't support Uh, an initiative like this. Um, but I, you know, when people ask me like how we got things started at CUNY, I mean, I think you need to approach universities with a business justification as to why these programs are important, not necessarily the, um, the inclusive nature, right? Just because, uh, you know, in this time with revenue crunches and drop in enrollment, you need to show, you know, the value that this program has to the
1: overall mission of the university. I guess in Biscardi to me, it always felt like something fun to do, you know, like wheelchair basketball. But as these kids are getting older, I could see that they are determined to do mm. more than just having a fun sport. You know what I mean? They're determined and you guys are helping them with that.
0: Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we're, and we're glad that there, there's such a great feeder system from the Viscardi school, you know, and Dr. Rosa is obviously over there yep. now, uh, Dr. Rosa, a dear friend of mine. And so uh, we wish him the best. And I've told him if he finds any hoopers to, to yeah. send them my way.
1: <laughs> well, that's very cool on that note, Ryan, thanks so much for joining. And uh, we want more and more people with eyeballs on this sport. Cause it's not only adapting, you know, for, for those in the community, but for the outside too. It's something to to learn from and, and enjoy also.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you taking the time to set this up and look forward to continual conversation as the season uh, goes along here.
1: And good luck in Edinburgh and Illinois. We'll be following.
0: All right. Thanks, man.
1: I'm Alex Garrett on Alex Garrett Podcasting, where we're always adapting. Uh, that was perfect, Ryan. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, man.